Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Data Unchained. I'm Molly Presley, the host of this show. So what is Data Unchained all about? The paradigm for data access has changed. If you think about today's decentralized world where we're trying to get data to remote workers, we have distributed applications across the edge, the cloud, and data centers, and artificial intelligence engines are trying to take advantage of that data, all of this has created a massive challenge for IT teams as well as data users. Data Unchained digs into the challenges and the solutions to make data an asset as a global resource. Today's guest is Steve Lowe. I had the pleasure of meeting Steve in person on a trip out to Europe last week. He's a co-founder and sales director of Titan Data Solutions located out in the UK. Steve, thank you so much for joining. Good to see you again, Molly. Good to see you too. Seems like literally almost just yesterday that we got to meet together over there in Canary Wharf. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. We'll talk about Titan in a minute, but maybe a little bit more about Steve before we jump into all the details. So yeah, as you said, co-founder of Titan. Uh, I wear many hats. Um, on a personal level, uh, I'm a big golfer and big sports fan as well. We had the NFL in London just yesterday, so I was at the Giants-Packers game, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um also a big football fan as well. Uh, so Manchester United is my is is the team I support. And um, interestingly, uh, I was born in Scotland, so uh, Scotland is my national team, uh, which causes uh, quite a little bit of banter in the office. I would bet that tends to be quite the rivalry. So I find Steve when I'm out in especially Northern Europe, if I mistake the Scottish versus British accent, that causes quite some trouble too. Do you do you run into that problem? Will I offend you when I don't know where you're from? No, no, definitely not. My accent's uh, from Essex, so um, completely, that, that, that would confuse even a local. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Titan Data Solutions. So Titan uh, were created uh, almost four years ago now, and... Um, We've worked in the group of the group of guys we set the set the business up with. We've all worked in technology for a number of years, and um, we really felt that the channel, as we as we refer to it over here, was missing a specialist uh, distributor. And our back background and heritage um, was always from data storage. Uh, so we've all we've all come at it from different angles, but ultimately we we felt like there was a gap in in the channel in um, in the UK to uh, to bring a, a data storage distributor. There's been a lot of consolidation uh, in the channel over over the years, and I think uh, you know I think distribution and the role of distribution may need to be redefined. Uh, that's certainly what we feel and the value of what distribution is. It used to be probably a big warehouse and uh, a route to market for many vendors uh, but really our, our world is talking and enabling partners across the UK um, talk to their end users we understand the challenges of what a typical reseller account manager has to face on a daily basis and also very aware of the fact that you can't be um, you can't be a master of all topics as well so we set Titan up to to really bring that layer of specialism, predominantly in data storage, and um, yeah, we're four four years in, um, having a lot of fun doing it, and um, we've uh, we've grown really well as a business, and uh, long may that continue. 
So I do th- admit I've been to distribution houses and usually I think big vendor cages and hardware kits sitting, you know, stacked up, ready to pull from. Is that kind of what Titan is um, about? Or I know you sell, you uh, work as a distribution model for software too. So tell me a little bit more about when you're helping plug that gap and helping with what resellers really need, what that really means. I think that that world still does exist and uh, you'd probably classify that as a, as broadline distribution. And, um, you know, as a specialist, I think what, what you aim to bring is um, one emerging, emerging technologies to market. And also the role of distribution I feel is to, is to educate and um, bring, bring that non-biased or unbiased perspective on technology to the industry. Um, Typically, what we've seen from afar is, you know, over the years is uh, a lot of people in the channel, a lot of uh, a big drive towards tier one technologies and uh, accreditation, certainly, and uh, not necessarily learning or understanding the problems and complexities of, of the industry. And, um, you know, that we, we, we're very aware that every business has different priorities and they can be generalist or, or specialist. And we kind of cover most, most areas of the channel from a reseller perspective. So we'll deal with the big global VARs. Um, we do really well into public sector and utilize the frameworks of some of our, some of our partners very well. And we'll be brought in, you know, just to add, add a bit of color, add a bit of, um, technical specialism to a lot of those end user calls i think if you're a if you're an account manager on a lot of these floors where you're a large corporate you may be required to sell a multitude of products and that becomes quite quite difficult and you may also have a backlog on on your pre-sales team and that pre-sales team could be could be um could be funded by a vendor so not necessarily getting the right solution all the time so we fit really well into that into there we also deal really well with uh, boutique resellers and uh, these are the type of businesses who don't necessarily need our help from a technical perspective but we do we do provide that resource center not just for commercials but also just bringing these these innovative technologies to to the market and um you know, just being a safe pair of hands ultimately, and then we deal with a lot of hosting companies too. Um, so, so we're quite diverse across our across our um, our customer type, but we're really really narrow and focused on on our technologies and what we bring to the market. One of the things I've found talking to resellers, um, all different types, different verticals, horizontal markets around the globe, is they're constantly trying to figure out which technologies to add to their portfolio. They become experts in certain technologies, but then they also want to be able to bring new technologies into their portfolio when it makes sense. Um, how do you at Titan help resellers with assessing which new technologies are coming out, which ones you think make sense to add to the portfolio when they maybe already have some of the foundation covered? It's, it's really about how well you know your customers and um you know, our job is to serve up technologies, and if uh, if the time comes around from a technical perspective, then people. Sh- our job is to make sure people know where that technology fits, and um, you know, it just adds another layer to the their portfolio. If we can present a technology, it may not be a day to day, a day to day vendor. A lot of our a lot of our technologies are project based. You know, so it's not necessarily something that 
businesses will add to their portfolio and sell on a day-to-day basis but really our job is more of that consultative um, perspective so we'll look to add add different um, different versions of technologies to the conversation or at least so, that, so a reseller knows where to put it um, I did go back and say you know it's about knowing your customers and um, I think from our perspective what we what we look for in a technology really is we we've got a really good view of of the world sitting in distribution so we do see uh multi-verticalized opportunities but I think f- from a data storage perspective or certainly data management which is really important um is a lot of people are experiencing the same the same issues um and the complexities of of having a you know multi-site um, environment and the global environment is, you know, it, it, it's not a, it's a legacy issue. And so, so for us, we look to bring um, products to the market, which solve a lot of the problems that are out there. Ultimately, that's our jobs. Through COVID and the change in workforce, I think you're right. The, a lot of the problems, like you say, are legacy that organizations encounter today that really as the cloud came into the world, customers started to look at how do I architect my data centers? How do I architect what goes to the cloud? Edge came about, and now all of a sudden you have devices everywhere. Is that generally what you're talking about, or are there other areas as well in this kind of global data environment? That's exactly what we're seeing, you know, and uh, it's nothing new. Everyone knew knew this was going to happen um, just because of the um, – you know the hierarchy of the way storage has typically been designed or or our infrastructure has been designed but you know that explosive growth is here and um typically around unstructured data that's that's where people are, are finding issues i think um the cloud's been fantastic however it, that adds more data silos um and more friction across data as you said you know you've got all these multiple site multi-platform um vendor locking strategies and um you know that causes uh it causes a lot of complexities you know because the way the way the way people work still to to this day or is is via copy you know i think in the 1990s you had the the file system was locked into the operating system and then you had um netap came to the market and um and changed and put it on the network and isolon took it a step further i think f- uh, what you're seeing is companies are still taking copies of data and i i, I heard a good comment recently where um someone said that it's like taking a, a limb off a tree. Taking a copy is like taking a live limb off a tree, um, because from that moment it no longer evolves. The data, the data is no longer live, and t- um, you know when companies are growing at a rate of probably twenty percent on average, um, and you're making all these co- copies across multiple sites. Um, you know, ultimately that's where all of the issues uh, that we typically see are are existing, um, and it's. Uh, it's a real problem. Um, so yeah, we've got vendor vendor lock in and uh, data silos, and I think that's that's what we're trying to address. Great answer and a bunch of really interesting comments, um, which tie back to the conversation you and I were having last week. That you said Titan is thinking about a shift from storage to data management as a company. I'm not sure I'm articulating that quite right, but can you expand a little bit on why you want to see that shift occur within kind of how you're known and what your expertise are? 
glad you picked up on that. So we actually, we, we changed that. Uh, so, you know, we, we came to the market four years ago um, and, you know, we were a data storage specialist distributor. That's how we would go to market. That's how we would talk. But ultimately after, you know, after doing this for a few years and, you know, multiple, multiple years before the, before Titan, um, you know, we really felt like we were, we were fueling, fueling the flame really, um, and adding to the problem, um, by not talking about the data management, um, of an end user, by not, not addressing those, those problems. Um, so yeah, we, 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 we definitely changed the way we talk to our customers and also go to market. So we do see ourselves more of a, as a data management business than data storage, because ultimately understanding um, or educating customers on how to, you know, whether it's categorizing the metadata, whether it, it's um, addressing the data governance within a business and helping educate across what, that, you know, what's most important. And I think for us, where it used to be, um, you, you know, how many terabytes do you require and uh, what, what are the IOPS? You know, now it's actually, you know, how are you trying to monetize your data? What are you trying to achieve as a business? And, um, you know, data really is a corporate asset and most businesses don't, um, they don't really, they don't really think like that or they give that problem to the IT manager, you know, where they don't have a, a there should be a CIO within every, I'd say, medium to large business, certainly. There should be a CIO, somebody responsible for for monetizing the data or at least the governance of that data because it truly is the key to unlocking you know transformative results within any business and um, if you can truly if you can unlock the value of your data then 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 you're going to see the results in the bottom line um, so our transformation just being even in distribution which you know the, the average person would say that that's a warehouse full of stock it's really not it's um you know it's it's educating even the end user as to the importance of the data and trying to understand what they're trying to achieve um rather than you know the lowest common denominator which is um you know how many how many bays would you like and what capacity of drive actually trying to trying to understand and educate our partners in um you know the value of what you have what type of data are you looking at what are you trying to achieve as a business that's that's really our goals we may only achieve one of those things on a call um but you know like i said the role of distribution has changed and it, and and to add true value to your customer you know is is for us the most important thing um so that's what we try and do uh we bring innovative technologies with different techniques to try and uh deliver the best outcome for the end user ultimately. I think the idea of monetizing data, making it an asset is really one of those things with unstructured data in particular that people have struggled with. And as you think about data sovereignty, security of that data, um, do you get called into a lot of conversations around, okay, I'd like to maybe manage my data with remote workers to monetize it, but I'm concerned about how I'm going to maintain not just compliance, but keeping it within con- country boundaries, things like that. Is is that a big concern that you run across often? Yeah, we do. We do. We see that quite often, um, or it's certainly more and more common nowadays. Um, I think the cloud uh, throws a lot of those problems at, um, together. And uh, you, like I say, the, this really is a people 
uh, as a people problem, not a technology problem. And the, uh, and um, you know, a lot of people look for look for the um, you know look for the solution in technology without actually knowing the question, I suppose. And um, what we uh, what we see is you know if people are putting the right processes in place and with with people, then they will get the results. But right now, IT the IT department's driving that conversation and um you know you're right about certainly cut um you know cut country lines and compliance and um you know local data accessibility um and cost that's so so you know the cloud is global but it's still it's still local access so uh, we see a lot of those challenges thrown up um certainly from a compliance perspective but like i say it all goes back to data governance and to, if you have a cio managing those managing those processes um then we probably wouldn't encounter half of half of the issues we do uh so so that's that's really um yeah that's what we see a lot as we look at the timing of releasing this episode of the podcast we've decided to align it with the day we're launching the partnership with hammerspace what technology gaps or compliance gaps, data gaps, whichever you want to call it, do you feel Hammerspaces bring into your portfolio? What caused you to be interested in that technology? We know that there's, you know, there's complexities and issues across across the data sphere of, um, you know, of managing your data. And, you know, what Hammerspace really gives us and will give our customers is uh, the opportunity to have a single version of the truth. Um, so we don't typically we don't typically see that we we work right now via multiple copies of data being delivered and that causes frictions and complexities and silos. Uh, with Hammerspace, um, we're assess we're essentially decoupling those silos and giving everyone live data and access to live data anywhere. Um, so so that's why we chose to work with Hammerspace and. Um, you know, we truly believe that it's uh, the holy grail, what our customers have been looking for for a long time, you know, in that global namespace. Um, and it, it and it and it and it certainly ticks a lot of boxes of co- companies who we work with in life sciences, in finance, uh, legal, media entertainment. All of these all of these verticals have the same issues when when working across multiple sites or even globally. Um, and uh, Hammerspace essentially gives us the access to uh, view, manage, share these um, at any time. As we look into 2023, I think a lot of people are now getting back from summer holiday, starting to think about, of course, closing up end of year for their businesses, but also budgeting and planning for 23. What do you think the big challenges will be that customers are wanting to solve next year? I think we've had a a tumultuous few years um for which there was no planning for <laughs> um, yeah, just some peace and continuity will be nice <laughs> that would be that would be that would be great um you know i think i think it's it's i think for, for you know what we would like to see typically is customers coming with a capacity management plan you know and um certainly more governance of their data ultimately i don't expect too much to change um but our job really is to try and uh, try and educate and, sh- and show that there's another way to do things um i think you know what we've seen is um you know over the last few years multiple challenges supply chain probably being the top of that list um so i expect that to to bottom out or flatten out uh, towards the end, of, uh, well, towards the middle of next year, I'd say, we should be in a good position. Um, 
the one thing that hasn't stopped though is that people you know if you're dealing with critical infrastructure you, you you're not putting those plans plans um aside for anyone um because ultimately uh technology is, is what drives and innovates your business to make better decisions and you know you can't really put a price on that um so i think people will start planning i think that people with um you know global data centers or multiple multiple silo multiple cloud solutions will start looking for better ways to manage their data uh, so I believe we've got the right solution with Hammerspace, that's for sure. So as we wrap up, I think it would be helpful for folks listening to this call to understand, you know, how to get in touch with you. Do you focus just on UK-based companies? Um, you know, maybe just how to take advantage of these expertise that you, we've been talking about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. Good opportunity to plug Tyson yeah, shamelessly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I guess uh, from a contact perspective, um, steve at titandatasolutions.com. Um, is that a real Tom, person who answers that? Is that you? Some, is sometimes. Five? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bot, thank God. Um, but that would be a good way to get in touch with myself. Um, we've got a great team of uh, account managers here and um, – You'll be looked after very well. Uh, we've also got solutions at titandatasolutions.com as well for any technical requests. Um, you should have a look at our website, titandatasolutions.com. Um, we're based in London, but uh, we do have a global presence. Um, we do a lot of integration. Uh, we've got warehouse facilities in Holland. Uh, we've just incorporated it in the Middle East, in Dubai. Um, and we've also got a warehouse here as well where we'll hold stock, integrate, configure to uh, all of our customers' specification. Um, about 30% of our business does go into mainland Europe, so we, we're strong in Germany, Italy, France, Spain. Um, but the UK, you know, that's 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 our bread and butter, as we'll say, and um, we're working really well. We're working on some great projects with our partners, and um, like I say, we're we're four years into the journey uh, as of next month, and um, you know we're just starting to hit our stride. I would say uh, we're out of that startup phase, and um, we're we're really pushing on as a business and bringing some great people into the organisation as well. And uh, you know, finally, uh, it, it, we're now in a position to bring some fantastic technologies to market. And um, you know, we we appreciate the the venture with uh, with yourself, Molly, and and Hammerspace. So uh, so thank you for the time. Awesome. I was doing a podcast. One of our previous show guests was a gal named Roxanne Guggen, and she's a chief futurist. And so she's heavily involved in, in the investment markets and assessing future technologies. And one of the things I've I've found that's really holding true in today's dynamic is the newer agile companies, um, often younger in the number of years that they've been around, um, are flourishing more than some of the more um, established companies because the world is changing so fast and demands of technology are changing so fast. And I think you guys are an example of that, um, you know, shiny example of four years in and growing fast and already adjusting your business model for what organizations and companies need. So um, I have a lot of faith that you're going to continue with your success and look forward to spending more time with you in the future. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Molly. Very kind. Thanks for listening to Data Unchained, powered by Hammerspace. To learn more, visit hammerspace.com. If you have a guest you would like to hear on the show, 
email me at molly at hammerspace.com. 